All right. Four by four by forty-eight. Yes. Talk to me about Um, this. so I will say we're not huge David Goggins fans. Um, only because I think it can be a little extreme. Like I think that the message can be a little much, but he kind of came up with this four by four by 48 event, which is kind of ironic because I think out of all the things, it's actually one that's approachable. Meaning we had people that walked a fair amount of it and you can still walk four miles every four hours for 48 hours. Like it, you can do it. Um, so I really like it because, I mean, we did train for it. We did it as a fundraiser. Uh, last year we did it as part of someone else's fundraiser. Um, so we hosted it this year, but you know, when you do the math, people are like, Oh, that's great. And then they realize like, wait, so what about at night? You're like, yep. Like every four hours, <laughs> four miles. So we had, you know, midnight, 4am, 8am, etc. Um, but it was awesome. You know, it's a really cool community event and event to challenge people because the running is of course hard. I mean, yeah, you know, but it's really, yeah, like getting up, it's, it's inconvenient. It's inconvenient. And I think not to go on another tangent, but like that I have found is one of those things that kind of gets me like people want to do challenging things or they want to work on their mindset. But when it becomes inconvenient, then it's like, oh, I'm out. Like it's only within these situations that like work in terms of what I want. And, and I think that's where you lose so much opportunity. Um, so it was definitely inconvenient, but we had just such an awesome time. It, it was nine people. And that's also funny. Like people say they want to do this stuff and you end up with nine people, which it was nine awesome people, but it wasn't like we were on a wait list for this, which was something that everybody could do. Um, so it was, it was awesome. We raised some good money and uh, for a, a good cause. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was special. So we'll too soon to say we'll do it again next year. Um, <laughs> give it a couple of months and then you like forget. You're like, oh yeah, you just remember the good parts. You don't remember yeah. like for yeah, being like, it's raining out and it rained for one whole day here. Like, so that added, Bill was very pleased with that. My husband, he was like, yes, this is appropriate. It needs to rain. And and it was, but it added to the like suck factor, you know, where you're like, ah, I don't want to get out of my sleeping bag. So, but it was great. Yeah. What did it, what did it teach you? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think this time you know this this one this weekend this past weekend um it, it taught me a couple of things i suppose um this is sort of cliche but i think um it meant something for me in this time of my life or whatever phase i'm in just sort of like well i guess it's not really cliche but you have the choice we had this we had this question going can you can you choose suffering mm -hmm. so like or or can you so like if you choose suffering is it really suffering you know or is it like if you embrace it and 
Um, I think a lot of the mindset when people say that, and I kind of hate that word, but there were a couple of times where you can really, I know I can really make things terrible. Like I hate this. This is, I need, yeah, you're going to be right. Like it, it will be as miserable as you decide. And really that's something I've been kind of working on and just shifting that a little bit and saying like getting out of that like rut of just decide, you know, just knowing you have the control of perception of like what you want the experience to be. And, um, you know, that's very powerful in both, in both ways. Yeah. Perception is reality, right? Even if it isn't actuality, you right. know, you can perceive it to be a good thing, a transform transformative thing, you know, yeah. it's like the, uh, the legend of Sisyphus, right? You know that one, right? Yeah. Yes. We actually have a thing called the Sisyphus gauntlet. Disgusting. It's these what four, it? four, four, one hour workouts. Four so one, one workouts, is like yeah. you push, you push a sled for an hour. They're all very like akin to just pushing. We actually have a statue over there. This guy gave us it. It was like, it's Sisyphus. Four one hour hill sprints. So you just sprint, repeat, sprint, repeat. Uh, there's a carry for four, for an hour. And then there's an hour of burpees. So it is that like, just cyclical, like, but, but that, yes, the forever of pushing the rock up the hill, like what you making meaning out of the suffering, I suppose, is like kind yeah. of how you can choose. Yeah. I really like, yeah. um, is it Albert? I think it's Albert Camus, uh, a French philosopher. He basically said he defied the gods one more time. And you can you can picture Sisyphus defying the gods if you picture him smiling as he's pushing the rock up the hill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And he said, yeah, exactly. um, "Sometimes a struggle alone is enough to fill a man's heart, man, mankind." Right. People. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I, it's funny how you say that. Like, can we create our own suffering? Can we create our own struggle? Because I think very similarly, pretty much every day. Mm -hmm. I was like, if I'm choosing to do this, it can be hard. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be fucking difficult. Let's be honest. Yes. What is it really struggling? I don't know. Like we've all been thrust into situations where, well, this is completely out of our control. Now we're yeah, like yeah. getting the shit kicked out of us and we're struggling through this. Right. But if I'm choosing to do this, is it really struggle? Is it really mm -hmm. suffering? Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's a good existential question. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there's a, a book, um, this woman, Ellen Langer, and she was like a professor, I think, either at Harvard or Stanford, either way. And she has this book, The Mindful Body. And it's very like what we all talk about, like the mind has very big influence on the body. But she did a lot of work with like uh, cancer, uh, research uh she did this study called turn back time where she took men and they went into a home where they recreated their home from like or life from when they were like younger and they had them do all the things that they did when they were younger so like they had to bring their suitcase in like even if they had to take things one at a time like this reenactment of youth and they all came out three weeks later or whatever with 
health markers were better, like mm. the mental, like that's how, and, and some of her work with cancer is kind of like, we tell people they're in remission. They don't have cancer, but we don't say you are cancer free. We say you're in remission. And just psychologically, what we can really like, what happens with the body when you, yeah, with the mind having such tremendous control over it. So, um, you know, for me, it's like workouts are a great way that are accessible or physical things to deal with the really important shit in your life. Like the days you're just like, I'm going to be in my shit and I don't want to get out of it. And it's like, okay. Um, you know, with work or kids or whatever. And so you're sort of like, it's practicing for that, you know? So. What made you embark on that journey of using fitness, using physical stuff to be able to face yourself mentally? I mean, I, when I found CrossFit, that was like 2008, uh, I was like in fitness, but felt sort of like this, at the time, I guess that was, you know, I mean, CrossFit was sort of coming to mainstream, but still pretty new. And at the time, the industry was very focused on, you know, reps and sets, bodybuilding, yeah, uh, aerobics, you know, and I enjoyed that stuff. But I did feel like the reason I wanted to, the reason I enjoyed fitness was to help people have this deeper impact on them and nothing quite had made that connection. And so when I found CrossFit, I thought it was really my first, you know, my level one was like, there is something deeper here. There's mm-hmm. something that's asking me to, and I was never really a, an athlete, you know, I mean, I did skiing and tennis, but it wasn't like, I didn't have that, that connection to like the body and sport. And um, so, yeah, I guess that was sort of the start of it where I was like, this is cool. There's something else here uh that says that is about me and my ability and not just like how I look um and then I feel like over the years that's one of my things with CrossFit that I sort of has changed I think in my in my experience like it has become more the known and we do these things and I think less exploratory less curious less about something bigger and more about the data and the numbers uh, so when we kind of realized like that we were hitting a little bit of a road barrier with that, you know, my husband started this between the ears company. Um, and that was from sort of his experience of sport and military and having had that, um, in my experience with CrossFit. So, you know, that allowed us to sort of dig even deeper into it where we're like, Hey, this is let's really embrace that that's what this is about for many people that this is yes you can get healthy and but why not also see it as something yeah that can really change the the stuff that's happening the other 23 hours of your life outside the hour you know in the gym so and that's the most potent yeah. one right that's the most potent change by far by far yeah. someone can lose fuck 150 pounds Right. And you're like, wow, that's a big difference. Yeah. But what is the difference upstairs between the ears? You know, I I love Mm -hmm. that name. What is the difference between the ears? Like it's, you can't compare it to anything else. You really can't. And I, you know, 
it really is a special thing. It could be anything. You know, it could be someone dedicating 15 minutes every morning to go for a walk. It could be somebody yeah. doing aqua aerobics. It could be someone doing Peloton or CrossFit. It doesn't really matter. But if you dedicate a consistent amount of time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing it. After work on a Tuesday, I'm doing it. Saturday mornings, I'm doing it. Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You really, I think you get faced with you. I think it just, there's an extra layer that it just unlocks that door and shoves you in there and closes the door behind you and be like, right, she and you know. You're like, wait, hold on a minute. That devil that I thought was like somebody else and, you know, they'd be following me around and, oh, don't raid me. I was like, why do they Why do they look familiar? You get a little closer to <laughs> them. You know, you pull right up. You're like, they've got the yeah. same colour eyes. That's a bit weird. And you lean in, you're like, shit, <laughs> that's actually me. Yeah. Yeah, there's it's a it's a good chance to take a look at yourself and not judge, you know. I mean, I think that's the thing that people can it can become a very one-dimensional thing. Like uh like I, in my opinion, some of the fitness stuff has become very much like a beat down. Like there's this one thing, like go hard, crush yourself, that means something about your ability to like endure. And that's yes, that's one. you can extract I don't think that I don't think that just suffering in the gym all the time means that then you're practicing so that if you have a child that gets ill or like that that that's now gonna have strength you you know I I don't think it's so one-to-one I think more to your point like you're learning about you're, you're observing you're having a chance to kind of turn on a light and like see what's in the room and just observe and observe your reactions and, and, and learn about yourself. It's not so much I'm doing this and that, therefore I am that. Um, because sometimes the hardest thing to do for many people is to just give themselves a break. Like what if you don't, what if you took a day off? What if you, yeah, went for a walk instead of doing the super hard thing, like, like we're all about doing hard things, but then that goes both ways. That, that might mean taking care of yourself. And, and there is a there is a psychological impact to what we do physiologically. So if you're always going hard, it could really actually like not be good for you as far as your mental health. You, you know, it's yep. it's not like I go hard all the time, therefore I'm mentally well. That Those two are not um, just inextricably linked. Uh, so, yeah. There's it's accepted self-harm, right? That's what fitness is. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, we've, all, we've all seen that lad and lady come in, anorexic as shit, right? And you're like, wait, hold on a minute. This is the third time I've seen you today. Like, wait, you've done three sessions and, and all three of them, you've crawled out of the gym. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. mate, we've probably been there ourselves. I definitely have. You know, and it's like, wait, hold on a minute like the the work you need to do now is now no longer in the gym right we got you here right. yeah you you got yourself here high five well done this is awesome you're perfecting or pursuing excellence in a lot of different things mint well done now piss mm-hmm. off and do it in your own life you know the yeah. art of suffering yeah. alone is not enough mate you know i can't just yeah. i don't know sit like yeah a, there's a no cool go ahead yeah no there's an element also of like 
hiding or, or escaping life, when the gym becomes more of an escape than a place to empower, like then that's sort of, that's what you're describing. This sort of line yeah. gets crossed. It should, you know, I kind of disagree with, I get it. I get the best hour of their day. I, I get that phrase, but I think that's actually kind of sad if the gym and I, there's a wonderful people at the gym and there's community at the gym. And so, yes, it's not just the workout, but I don't know. I don't know if the gym should be the best hour of your entire life, like of your day. I mean, you know, and so for a lot of people, I think it, it can become this addictive going back for like, well, when I go there, I don't have to think about anything and I can just kind of punish myself and not deal with life. And that is also sort of, tricky um and i think not to pick on crossfit because there's you could look at soul cycle that people are spending thousands of dollars a month and you're like oh my god you're just like on this bike um but i think it's sort of more accepted in crossfit it's kind of like yeah like that that notion of like the person that's always at the classes and doing all the things and it can kind of fly under the radar a bit um, and, and be perceived as like a positive when it might be unhealthy. Um, but, you know, I think that's where just like, again, like turning on the lights and just saying, Hey, it's not a judgment, but like, if you haven't, and I, and I was this person haven't taken a rest day and I cannot not go into the gym. Like, what is that about? You know, what, cause what does it say about me? Well, it doesn't say anything. It says you're, well, it says a lot, but you know, um, so yeah, there's, there's so much. And I think that's where I'm, I'm so glad that like, you're, you're doing this work. There's, there's people doing this, but it's less common. And there's a desire, I think, to just separate it. Like, well, this is the body, this is what we're doing or throw around the word mindset. But I think to date, it's very performative, like, like an athlete's mindset, games, athletes, mindset, you know, but those people's mindset from a professional athlete, like that's not maybe what we as normal people think is, that might not be healthy for us to embrace versus what's my mindset? What can I get from this? What is healthy for me to extract from my fitness practice? So even the mindset of an athlete isn't healthy for them. They've actively right, chosen right. that for the performance and the pursuit of the of the craft right if you look at the lifestyle yeah. of an athlete in and out of their role it's completely different which means it's not healthy it's not sustainable you talk to any athlete yeah you know whether it's crossfit whether it's not you know american football european football lacrosse water polo whatever it doesn't matter right. they're like yeah i can't do the same stuff in season uh, off season than i do in yes. season it's yes. not going to happen it's an unhealthy pursuit yeah. you know we're pushing the limit of human potential both upstairs and downstairs you're not going to yeah. be able to do that all the time all right can you pause just one second of course sorry for the unprofessionalism my dog would probably just continue barking for ever if i <laughs> let him in, so. hey, you don't have um, to apologize for yeah. professionalism here. I swear like a sailor. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the I mean, it's kind of the whole Michael Phelps, that weight of gold documentary and, you know, the gymnasts and even CrossFit Games athletes, you know. So I, I think 
maybe we're getting there. I think it, it's not from a bad place. It's not ill-intentioned, but I think to date people have only associated when you say mindset, it's like, how do you get better? And so people look at athletes course, yeah. as the best, but it's like, but right. But, but they're not the best, they're the best at that. Yeah. But that's not what's most important probably not most important for all of us. So, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, right? Like, it was... That's how this thing started. Talking in a microphone, talking to strangers on the internet. It's kind of strange, but, like, <laughs> seeing a lot of folk um, just not doing well. You know, like, you see them in the gym, you know, between 60 minutes and about three and a half hours every evening. Yeah. Right, probably six times a six times a week, I'd see people in the gym. And the next thing you know, they dragging ass on a Monday morning or dragging ass on a Monday evening. I was like, "What's happened to you?" I was like, oh, "I've been on a two day bender." So, like, all right, okay, cool, no problem. Next week's the right. same. Next week's the same. Next week's the same. I was like, "Why are you always on a two day bender?" Yeah, oh, it's yeah. just what you do in it. Like, so you you're not enjoying your life, or you've got slash marks on your wrist, or you going to AA meetings again or whatever it is, right? And you're like, well, we're failing you somehow because you're getting better. You've got your hands down push-up. Well done. You should be a better person. Right, you know, you right. finally <laughs> learned how to snatch a barbell. This is incredible. Yeah, you can yeah. run 200 meters and you're like, this is sick. And then you're still, you know, doing white lines on a weekend. What What's going on? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've dropped the ball somewhere. Yeah. We dropped the ball yeah. somewhere, mate. So you have to open up that conversation. And I think it goes back to, that's where our job becomes a little bit blurred lines, right? Mm -hmm. You know, speak to anybody outside the industry and you're, you're going to be the same. You probably had it for many, many years of like, what do you do? That's a great question. Like, well, you teach adult PE, but then mm -hmm. you also have to kind of be a shoulder to cry on and a friend and a bit of a mentor, and then just this, like, facilitator, and sometimes a dictator, you know? And they're like, yeah, well, yeah. so what What are you? And I was like, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know, man. We're still trying, trying to figure this out. You know, then yeah. you have to delegate to people who are a little bit smarter than you are. But I just see it as we have to bring those horses to water. We have to show them where it is. Yeah. And we have to empower them to drink. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think is tricky about being a coach or whatever we want to call ourselves, and I think where at least some of the stuff we're do trying to do is like fill that hole or that gap, it's, it's great to be able to teach someone skills of how to move their body safely, and that is important. But at a certain point, that is, that's one piece. But the, the human piece, like no one is teaching agency, belief, you know, connecting, connection and like connection to self, being seen, heard, acknowledged, how powerful that is for people. And so I, I think that is where, from a coach, like that is really powerful when people are coming in because people are coming in to your point with a lot of shit oh, and they might be having like a shitty day or they might be in a, so it might be like acute pro tr problems. 
it might be chronic. They might be dealing with, you know, sick kid, sick parent, dying, you know, relative, whatever, losing their job. And I, I think it's not we're still within our scope of practice, of course, like, no, we're not therapists, but there are some things you can extract from understanding therapeutic concepts and how people work and the psychology of it to really empower them. You know, so, so in a class setting, one of the things we talk a lot about is agency. Agency is like tremendous for people. And often you hear people oh, just tell me what to do. Tell me what way to do. Tell yeah. me, you know, it's everything yeah. from having the person like, well, no, but like, where are you today? Tell me where you are and accepting that and owning it and being like, yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot in that. And I think it's not to say we're going to solve people's problems, but those are the skills, the soft skills. I think that we're kind of not getting to practice as much we're not encouraging as much. We kind of like, I don't want to say enable because I don't think that's true, but it's just a lost opportunity to really like coach the human. Yep. Um, and again, not to say it's not great to be able to cue and correct and save 10 names and move the class together and all those things. But sometimes that's also for us. Like, you know, I worked for seminar staff, I'm a level four, all those things. That is like being able to run a class and have it be sexy and name, cue, rep, bop, 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 you know, that's kind of for me. That's not for them, you know, I mean, to a degree. And so I think those moments of like being patient, working with people, really having that like uh, time to uh, have them also have some awareness of themselves that can only help. So for them, when they leave the gym to stop and be like, Oh yeah, you know, like that felt really good today to be like, you know what? I'm going to take agency and say like, I'm tired today. I'm yeah. I'm not fucking putting more weight on the bar. Good for me. You know, that's, that's far more powerful than like, yeah, like, go heavier, go harder. Like you can do it. You know, like there's a time and a place, but I don't know. So that's why I love shifting gyms, you know, and shifting places and countries and cities and all that, because it's in the forefront of my mind of like, Oh, I only have three months to help these people. Oh, I only have a year to help these people. Yeah. Oh, you know, I might only see them once. So I'm like, how can I plant a seed for them to go home and water? Rather than like, That's I'm going to hold everybody's hand and be everybody's fucking daddy. You know, it's like, no, like yeah. you can figure this out. You're a fucking adult. You're probably more educated than me. You know, you'll be all right. You know, it's, uh, it's, yeah, here's the water guys, you know, asking questions. Coach, what weight should yeah. I do? You tell me. Right. Well, isn't that your job? I was like, no, my job is to teach you, not tell yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I really like that. I think that. I think you get comfortable with like, uh, like seeing people all the time, having a little urgency of like, if I had to help, what could I do today to actually really help this person and make an impact, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that also, I, I get it. Like people burn out, coaches are coaching a lot. Like it's hard, but like, it also is a lot more invigorating to see people like, how can I make one really like connect with someone today. I think yeah. that goes a long way. Like it's not going to be every day, everybody every day, 
like, okay, in this class, who can I really, who needs that? Who can I connect with? That's like invigorating much more probably than just kind of going through the class plan. Like, okay, I ended class on time. Great. Yeah, well done. Gold star, you know. Yeah, that's kind of the, the barrier to entry. You know, yeah, the right, class right. plan, you've hit it on time. Yeah, you've facilitated everything. Well done. But have you right, coached right. the human being in front, right? You know, that's why I am. Um, I'm quite uh, intentional about not using the word trainer or instructor. Yeah. Right. I don't, I hate those words, man. Like it's probably a really pet peeve, but like trainers. Yeah, and trainers trainers train dogs. Like, exactly. You train they, a dog. They yeah. stand there, they do their thing. They do it really well. And there's a, there's a time and a place for it, but it's like yeah, coaching. It's that weird gooey soft thing that kind of changes. It's malleable. It's like Play-Doh. It's like, that's, that's the real good stuff right there. You know, that's what I signed yeah. up for. But don't call me a trainer. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, I, got, I won't. I won't. I got three questions. Yeah. What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um... Jeez, that is a tough one. Um, I mean, maybe not the great single greatest piece of life advice, but one of the things that I like really try to remember at the core and like teach my kids and like one of the major tenets is just like, circulates around just honesty like being honest with yourself being like like I think there's a lot of trouble that comes from when you start denying and not coming from a place of like honesty whether it's because you need help honesty and communication like that's really like such an important thing like always be honest I mean that might be a little a little thin but like that is I think really important to for me to live by yeah. What's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received? Oh boy. Um, go hard or go home, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah, like it's probably something in that vein. Um, because I've I've done that and it's like and that didn't work. You know, it's yeah. just it's uh it's uh it's it's kind of actually exactly the opposite of honesty. It's like don't listen to how you feel, don't be honest with yourself, just put on the pretend thing, fake it till you make it kind of, you know, and uh, that can steer you wrong. Yeah, it can dig you a bigger hole. I think it's yeah. uh, it's one of those things where it's a tool in a toolbox. We need to know it's there. We need Absolutely. to be able to pull it out. And sometimes you're going to have to shut the fuck up and get the work done. But yeah. it's not all the time. Sure. I can't it's not, be it should first... not maybe be your daily mantra, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. It's yeah. like, it's going to get you quite far and then you're going to break. And then it's probably yeah. going to reverse all that progress that you just did. So good luck. Yeah. Maybe we have to learn the, the, uh, the lesson the hard way. I don't know. Humans are a little bit stubborn. Last question. What are the three words you would tell your younger self? Hmm. Three. Four. 
<laughs> you want an extra um, No. Um, it might be like, you are okay. You know, you are okay. And I think that's something I tell myself now, like just like, it's okay. And I think just that's sort of this sort of connected to the, the piece about honesty, like sometimes just like, yeah, you don't need to be different. You don't need to change you will be okay, like as is. And, uh, you know, change is important and growth and all of that. But I think acceptance first needs to happen. And then from there, you can sort of build off of that. Um, and I think it took me a, still work, still work in progress, but taking me a long time to, you know, acceptance has definitely been a big one for me in many, many ways. Um, and that is where working out and listening to yourself and being honest, it's, it's a daily, it's a great practice of acceptance, accepting like maybe today's not the day. And I think that that piece took a long time to kind of, um, to get to. So, yeah. Mate, thank you so much. This like, has been an yeah. honor Awesome. This mate. was so great. Cool. Mate. Well, we'll have to just keep exchanging uh, resources and thoughts and uh, thank you for, for asking and having me, having me on. I'm here for it, mate. You know, there's uh, there's always a seat at this table. You can always talk some shit and shop with me. That's all. Oh, that's Perfect. always all right. And um, I'll let you know whenever I'm uh, cruising around the states. Yeah. I'm not doing yeah, that four by four coach. by four by eight. I'm not doing. Okay. It. Yeah, we will make you. <laughs> I will. I will get. I will guest coach. Yes. Perfect. But, uh, okay. No running for me. Thank you very much. I'll do some Bible stuff. Sounds good. Perfect. Mate. You can do that. You have a great day right. and we'll uh, speak soon. You too. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, boss. See you later, everybody. Bye.